the the hard part about it and like the flip side is it is that you don't want to let the sadness impact the time that you have yes. left. And yes. so like it ends up it ends up being this like back and forth. Sadness. Yeah. And the sadness and this grief that almost like has to happen in private. And so like in this episode, we will talk about a mother finding out that her daughter has a terminal illness, knowing that it was passed down through genetics and now navigating through it. We'll dive right into Krista Gagnon's courageous story where she lived through the anticipatory grief, making the best life for her daughter and letting herself feel her feelings. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful VCs. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place where you charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Krista Gagnon. <laughs> Hi, Krista. Please introduce yourself. I butchered it so badly, but it's okay. <laughs> No, that's totally fine. You did great. <laughs> Hi, uh, I am Krista, like you said, and um, I my I guess full time job is that I am a family vlogger, and so my family consists of my husband, and I have three children. Um, so I'm raising a 17 year old, a 13 year old, and a 10 year old, and I pride myself in being a kick ass mom. I would say that I yeah, <laughs> I think I know. I think I said my main occupation is a family vlogger, but uh, I'll rewind and say my main occupation for sure um <laughs> raising raising my family and um our why I'm here and our um, main thing that we vlog about is actually my daughter um has, was diagnosed with a terminal illness about seven years ago mm-hmm. and so it's a really rare genetic condition and so um in was, everything that oh sorry go ahead oh no I'm sorry uh, out of the three where is she in oldest youngest or middle child she's the middle one middle yeah. one okay yeah, middle one. And she wasn't, um, yeah, our, our last one, our littlest one, he's kind of like a miracle because she wasn't diagnosed until much later yeah. um, in life. And so until she was four or five. And so um, we have him because we didn't know, but we're so thankful. Anyways, he's just like <laughs> a little miracle. But uh, yeah, and so in our sharing and every, every, everything that we do and put out is really um, about sharing all parts of our journey, like the good and the bad, so that yeah. hopefully we can help people who might be going through the same thing know that they're just not alone. So yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing, just briefly sharing your intro too, because honestly, yeah, like sometimes we handle within the family unit, there's a lot of things happening. So like knowing yeah. that you're everyone else is not alone is always good. And I think you are kind of segue to segue your story already, but I was going to ask you the question anyways, again, okay. what is your one courageous story that you would like to share today? My one courageous story? Well, you know, um, before my daughter being diagnosed, I probably would have told you that I haven't faced any challenges or difficult things in my life. I had a very easy upbringing and everything was hunky-dory. So um, likely my number one most challenging thing is this diagnosis and this journey that we're on with my daughter. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. And how did... How did it come about or like, I guess, like, how was she diagnosed with this? Mm -hmm. So she, um, when she was born, she was typical and she developed typically. So she, you know, she walked, she did all the things. Um, She talked normally, she walked, she 
um, was just a typical kind of three-year-old. And um, she started to get clumsy though. At, like the older she got, she kind of started to like stumble and fall a little bit. And so it was suggested at school that we see a neurologist. And so yeah. um, through the neurologist and the geneticist, they they diagnosed her with this. And so it's kind of like a progressive condition. So as she gets older, it takes away function that she previously had. Like it causes um, death of the nerves. And so, and our nerves control everything in our whole body. So yeah. now at the age of 13, like she does, isn't um she can't walk anymore she's fully wheelchair bound um you know in her eyes she can't it's she has a hard time seeing but she is like still funny and quick-witted and spunky and yeah (laughs) like she's still living regardless of everything like she's still (laughs) living and so yeah so wait so when you're saying like progressive so eventually she won't be able to feel anything anymore or like everything like so far like based on what you mentioned yeah, so our nerves aren't just responsible for what we feel, but they're responsible for every function. So um, they're responsible for how well your lungs function and breathe, and they're responsible for, you even have nerves that lead up into the back of your brain, and they're responsible for sending basic messages like to swallow, like they're just responsible for everything. So if you've never, if you've ever known anybody with ALS, um, what's, they, that, what's, kind of what's that? ALS. Yeah, and they call it Lou Gehrig's disease. Okay, so it's not a good comparison. If you don't know anybody with ALS, it's not a great comparison, but um, it's kind of like that, but a childhood version. And so um, as time goes by, it takes away functions that we just take for granted. Like, like Mm -hmm. I said, you know, it affects her eyes. So she has about half of the eyesight of somebody her age, um, because not because she needs glasses, but because the the ocular nerves, like the nerves in her eyes are just slowly dying. Yeah. So, yeah. So it will eventually kind of take away everything. But you just don't know. Like you don't know how long. No, we don't know how long. We we know that we are in, we know a lot of GAN families. Like, oh, sorry, my daughter has giant axonal neuropathy is what it's called. And so GAN for short. Um and so we are connected with a lot of families and the textbooks say that um, it's usually like late teens. They don't usually make it into adulthood. So that's the best information we have to go on. Oh, okay. Yeah. But damn though. How, yeah. <laughs> what was, so when you, know, you were saying earlier, the school suggested you for her to go to a neurologist because she was stumbling a lot, being a little clumsy, a little there. How, to what extent was it like she was on the playground and all of a sudden she just falls and then hurt herself or like how the severity of it until they suggested that? Um, at, so that was about three and a half, four. And at that point, um, it just was like, like she wouldn't really run. Um, mm-hmm. She would like stomp a lot. So it's more like, it's more like she her body didn't have the awareness of like where her body was in space. So like there's Mm -hmm. messages all the time being sent, right? Like that your body's like, Oh, your hand is, your hand is over there. So like when it falls asleep and you're like, what the heck, what's going on? You know, those (laughs) messages are cut off. And so it's kind of like that. Like she didn't quite have the awareness of where her body was. Mm -hmm. So it looked like clumsiness. um, But it was really just like her feet would stomp and like not quite fall in the right spot because the messages weren't going back and forth on exactly where that foot was in space, right? Yeah, and it was like disconnected, that disconnect from that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How was the whole process for you as a, as her mom learning about like 
not even learning <laughs> about it, but like hearing, you know, the suggestions from the school. And then, yeah, like tell me, like, can you tell me the whole process of what you went through from point A to point B? Because I'm curious of like your process. Yeah. So um, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in the beginning um, so many diagnoses were being thrown out that like um, I tried to just kind of like shield us or protect us because there was a ton of kind of like you know these big terms being thrown out and and they were all just guesses and so in the beginning I was very much like it took us almost three years to get a diagnosis so in the beginning um, yeah well because it's super rare there's only a hundred there's less than a hundred kids in the whole world that have it less than a hundred yeah and we have eight billion eight I think we have eight billion people (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and so nobody had nobody had ever seen it here like there's never been a case here and so um I you know tried to protect us and and just you know like let the doctors know like I didn't really want to I didn't really want to hear any guesses like I just come to me when we actually like have a full diagnosis but then as we got further and further in the process, um, somebody threw out the, the term giant axonal neuropathy and I looked it up um, on Google, which, you know, we all know that's like the worst thing to do. Um, and when I looked it up, there was a picture of a little girl that came up immediately and she looked exactly like Jordan. They looked identical, like exactly the same, the kinky, curly, you know, beautiful, big, fro of hair and um they just looked exactly the same and so it was pretty like undeniable that that's what it was going to be and of course google doesn't you know shelter you from anything so it had all the gruesome details there right of like what we could expect and what was to come and so um it was really hard i would say that the first four years of this journey um well it's always hard there's always hard pieces but the first four years for sure was the hardest like like it it is it's like a hard pill to swallow. And I feel like with over, as time has progressed, um, I don't, I don't know. I've, yeah, I I think I have gotten stronger and I've learned more how to like take care of myself and my family amongst this happening. Like in the first four years, I feel like, and four years is just a I, that's not exact, but you know what, you know what I mean? Like in the first little bit, I I was in, I think I probably was in a little bit of like, not denial that this wasn't happening, happening to us, but denial in the way that I could be like, everything's fine. It's fine. Like we'll make it through. We're positive. We're having a good time. You know, like we're, you know, happy through all of this. And I think that it really took me accepting that there it's not okay. And like, it, it doesn't feel okay. It's really quite sad. And like letting those emotions come in um, and not denying them that has really like changed, um, I guess, how we cope through it. As yeah. a family or like yeah. for you? For me. And of course that would trickle down to my family, right? Like they watch me and see how I handle things and then <laughs> just, yeah. they go from there. So yeah. Yeah. No, I understand like the first four years, like you were just waiting to see where what like can you just give me a clear answer like I just want to know like the the uncertainty so I understand that you know from just only just based on this experience like you build you know strength and resilience of like how to cope with this as it's still ongoing right now do you know when you when you I, I agree to Google 
that's not the best not the best place because <laughs> they can show you everything and everything unfiltered and like you don't yeah. know like, I was like, okay I guess I see all this um do you I was wondering too does this disease also consider like a genetic kind of thing because it's like if it's like less than 100 kids who have this is this just like based on genetics some of it is like based on genetics yeah it's, it's genetic so my husband and I both carry the gene and so every one of our kids had a 25 percent chance of getting it oh oh so mm-hmm. wait how how do you get <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like a whole diagram but <laughs> I know that they they have a 50-50 chance of carrying the gene, like if they'll mm. carry the gene. And then they had a 25% chance of actually like having again. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my other two boys don't have it though. Oh, okay. So the other two boys and then, but does that mean that, so since they carry it in the future, if they have kids in the future, they might have it too, possibly, or it would be less because it's half, it's only 25 <laughs> I don't, I don't so know. It, it would be it once they're like ready to have a family, then it would be part of their family planning to decide if they wanted to test their spouse to see if their spouse carried the gene because they would both have to have the gene to hand it on. So, okay. so that would be a decision that they would have to make if they wanted to know ahead of time and do the testing or if they just wanted to let nature, I guess. How yeah, it would that? be their decision. How do you, maybe you don't know this question, but I'm curious, like, how do you know if you have it? Is it just, you have the gene. So, yeah, you have the gene, yeah. Yeah, so when they were diagnosing Jordan, how we officially got a diagnosis is that we did uh, DNA sequencing. And mm-hmm. so sequenced her DNA, and obviously she has GAN, so that mutation was really clear. And then they also sequenced um, the rest of our DNA as well, so my husband and I. And yeah. so we also have the GAN marker in our gene, in our uh genes as well so okay so you can't really know like for example i will i don't know if i will have it unless some like if i of my if, if my future kids were to have it you know and i'm yeah. like oh wait wait a minute and so then they'll be tested so you can't really there's no is the word pro 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 not not prognosis um prevention there you go that's right there's no prevention to know because it's that rare correct the, yeah yeah what the fuck <laughs> damn it that's a... wow <laughs> god dang it yeah your chances your chances though of having a kid with gan are very low <laughs> are very incredibly low, low. Yeah. oh man i mean you just say it's like at like over like less than 100 kids in the whole world out of 8 billion kids uh, at 8 billion people yeah that is a very small percentage so but dang <laughs> dang i'm speechless it's like you can't even prevent this even if in the future you can't prevent it it just happens yeah dang yeah how did you also process that too like you know noticing that you both you and your husband have it a, a, a trace of it and now knowing too that you can't prevent it for like any future people actually like families yeah um well, we did stop having children. <laughs> we decided that um, it was that was a good idea to not have any more children. But um, was I don't it know. The, was it your goal to have more children, like, or both you and your husband to have like a big family? Uh, 
No, we don't necessarily have a big family, but I think that because the decision was taken away for me, maybe, I I don't know, maybe like, I think I would have had more children, but I probably wouldn't have, have, <laughs> I already have three, but like, I don't know, you know, when the decision's made for you and you're kind of like, um, I, I know that a lot of parents sometimes have the guilt of, you know, like I, I gave this to my kid or this was something that like, yeah. you know, came from me. And, um, I have never really lived in that space. I, you know, like, I don't know. I, it just is, it just is, it just is part of being human, you know, things like this happen and, and I don't, and, and they have, they happen kind of seeing they happen for a reason. I, I hate when people say that, you know, like everything happens for a reason. I hate that, but I do know that my life wouldn't be what it is if I had never been given Jordan. And so like, this is just where we're supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah. And just being here too. Yeah. 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 Like it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow and it's hard to go through it every day. But like, I know that, I know that this is just where we were meant to be. This is what this, like there's purpose in what's happening to us. And we choose to like live in that purpose instead of in the other side of it, in the like, anger and the sadness like that comes up every you know that comes up and, and we allow it to come up but the majority of the time we try to live in what we can do in spite of this and what how we can use this to like help others and to br- find purpose in it right isn't that just like <laughs> isn't that what life is about is just finding you know the purpose in what we are dealt and what is happening to us right yeah yeah that yeah. wasn't very eloquent but <laughs> oh no you're fine like even as you were sharing it I I was in my I was in my emotions of it I can like because I see you like I see you were also just in your space and the fact that I I felt it I felt every emotion that you were going through in that moment and yeah like we are human you know we can't always be strong and you'll have be strong and everything because there'll be moments just like okay I can't can't right now I can't really do it right now and so it's and it's still ongoing you know I know we talked about the anticipatory I can't say it right the anticipatory grief and so I know we talked about the anticipatory grief right how how are you feeling with that yeah so I think that was part of what um helped me shift or change from that you know first couple years is that I had never actually heard the term anticipatory grief until Uh, like 2020. So during COVID and I, something came up on like, of course, social media or like TikTok or something, right. Came up and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I like started down this rabbit hole of like learning what anticipatory grief is. And it was one of those moments where like, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, all this, like all this stuff that I felt like I had been battling before that made sense. So like, I would often say like, I didn't know why I, I couldn't get my, you know, I couldn't get my shit together and I felt lazy and I felt like I just like was failing. And 
it was grief. Like it a hundred percent was grief and, and it like comes and goes in waves and anticipatory grief is when you are grieving something that is coming that hasn't quite come yet, but there's also all these, there's also all these moments of grief all the way along when you are slowly losing somebody because you're also slowly losing all of these things that you thought would be, or, you know, these functions that they had that they no longer have. And so like, especially this is my kids, you know, you have dreams for your kid for the future. Like you anticipate, you know, they'll get married and they'll have kids and, and you'll do all these things in the future with them. Well, as you know, you lose things or as you get this diagnosis, you have to grieve all those things that won't be anymore. Right. Like when she went from walking to not walking, of course, that was something we had to grieve, right? Like now she no longer walks and life is different for us. And so like, it's, there's, there's this flow of grief and sadness that kind of like comes every once in a while. And previous to me knowing what anticipatory grief was, I would try to just like squash it down and be like, no, it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> and, we, and I wasn't. And so like, then, you know, um, then my mental health would just take a turn and I would literally be like, down and out like stuck in bed for like a week or two mm. weeks at a time and then I would be like you know I'd feel better and I'd be like hey back at it no we're fine and I mean you know back at it and so like since I've learned about this and there's such knowledge there's such power in knowledge because as I've learned about this it really now I give the space for those really hard emotions to come up it's like it's like that movie um what's that movie where that Disney movie where she has all the feelings is it Pixar um Inside Out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and how like joy is like, no sadness, no, like stop, stop. And <laughs> and like try to like hide her away, right? In the back corner. And yeah. it's kind of like that, but like you have to, you have to feel those feelings and you have to let them like have their space. And like then they're just then they don't have as much power and they don't have enough as much power to like take you down is how I feel about it and so now when they start to come up like it's okay to feel them and it's what's interesting is I've learned that if you actually talk about them and you find the right people to talk to them about that there's lots of other people who are feeling the same way and once we talk about it we realize we're not alone and this is like things that other people are going through and so now that is my mission is to just keep talking about it <laughs> Let's no, talk I about couldn't... all the grief. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, not all in for grief, of course, but like you said, it's, <laughs> it is like it's a very, like a very topic that you, we do need to talk more often because we think about, oh yeah, when when someone dies or yeah, when someone dies, you're like okay, that's when you're grieving or grieving about the little things, but when you're just watching your loved ones slowly dying and not knowing how to cope with that, and it's hard because like even for myself I'm grieving um uh, I have a test how do you say have you I'm going through it I'm going through anticipatory grief as well too in regards of like my dog he's already 14 he has like terminal cancer and a tumor and so he's still alive I don't think in this moment like he's not ready to put put down but it just feels like he was diagnosed, he's been diagnosed for about six, seven months now. Mm -hmm. And so just waiting and just seeing like all the changes, like, you know, how you're going with your daughter. 
I'm doing the slow changes of him declining slowly, where he used to be able to run for about a mile. Even at an old age, he was able to run for a mile. Now he can't even run at all. And so it's like, you know, those are even his eating habits and just even his tumor getting bigger and looking kind of, and, you know, just like everything about it. So in some ways I resonate and relate to you in that regard of like, into swear. it's a shitty, it's so shitty. I hate, I hate this feeling too. And I, and I understand from your end as well. Oh. Well, it's sad. It's just so sad to like, <laughs> right? But but you also want to make the the hard part about it, and like the flip side is it is that you don't want to let the sadness impact the time that you have yes. left. And yes. so like it ends up it ends up being this like back and forth. Sadness. Yeah, and the sadness and this grief that almost like has to happen in private, and so like. I say a lot, like it's, you know, something that really comes up for me, like in the shower when I'm in the car by myself, because like, I also don't like, I, I want my kids to see that it's okay to be sad. Like they, yeah. they can do that, but also like, I don't want it to impact every moment, you know, like I still want to have this and I still want to make memories and, and have yes. adventure and do like all this really cool stuff with Jordan while I still have her. And so sometimes the grief really ends up being very like private. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it also makes sense too, because sometimes it would overtake your body sometimes. And so it makes yeah. really sense, like making memories. Like yesterday, I just took my dog to go see Christmas lights. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, just like something, you know. And so it makes sense with what you're saying about making memories with everything that you're going through, just with the time that you have with her. Because, yeah, because we don't want to just like, oh, okay, that's what we have. It's time to just keep going down versus like still living. Like when you yeah. first thought she was still living, she wasn't like already at the stage she is now, for example, right? So you, for us, like we just have to take one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Just find, not even find, but create new memories with every, our loved ones and just like, yeah, I don't know. Isn't that the lesson though? Because like, okay, so we've been given this diagnosis that gives us like this, I, I call it a false sense of like a false glimpse into the future of like what is to come, right? And, yeah. but really the reality is that nobody is promised tomorrow, that none of us are really promised what tomorrow will be. And so like, I wish that everybody could really, really hear and learn that today is really all we have. Like, if there's something you want to do, if there's something that like you want to say, like you need to do and say it today, like, like don't put it off for tomorrow <laughs> because like, we never know what tomorrow will bring. Like I had no idea when I was, you know, like getting married and planning a family that this is what our tomorrow would look like. Like I had no idea. So like, yeah. just do all the things. Don't procrastinate everything away. Just do it. Say it like, like just just be in the moment and like remember that who knows what tomorrow will bring but what you have right now is like today like you got to be in this today yeah no I agree with that more because you don't know what tomorrow is going to be like so what so be present and do what you want today and yeah. not worry about and procrastinate about everything else around that and so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I know it's how how are you now like with how are you now and with Jordan and everything like the pro 
the pro the story behind that too like how are you two doing now well you know we always have like challenging times we're going through a little bit of a challenging medical time right now with some like unknowns but um I would say so I've always had this superpower of like being a doer (laughs) and that really hasn't changed and so um and so we just like I said try Jordan okay so Jordan has um a dream it, do it list that she's created of all the things, kind of like a bucket list, but for a 13 year old. And so, um, that really helps us like stay focused in the things we like know that we're working towards and that like we want to do. And so she has like big things on it and little things on it, like little things like go to hot pot, which we could accomplish probably in a weekend and, you know, big things like go to New York. Um, and so I feel like that helps us stay positive and stay motivated and like gives us something to like really focus on and like dream and think about and visualize and just like you know like when times are tough we're like oh let's watch some like YouTube videos on New York and what it looks like at Christmas and um so that really keeps us busy and then um like I said at the beginning Jordan has this like there's so many lessons to learn from Jordan, but she really does have this like light and this, um, yeah, she just has this, like, she doesn't know that there's anything else, but today for some reason, like, she's just like, she's not worried about tomorrow. She doesn't think about like what's coming. She doesn't even worry about what's already happened. She just is like right in the moment. And so, um, I try to take that from her (laughs) and to really like learn from that. Um, and to try to be there with her in in that and yeah. yeah so far what so on her dream list what have what have what has she accomplished so far so her biggest dream to date was to see the eiffel tower so that's what started all of this um and so we we did take her to do that in march we went to europe with her in march what? and so, <laughs> yeah and so um on her list was to try frog legs which she did that Ooh. um and then she had, um, there was a, a TikToker, like a, a famous TikToker that she wanted to do at one of her videos and he did. Um, and then she wanted to meet her um, favorite YouTuber here in Canada. Um, and she has since reached out to us on TikTok. And so we're setting that up. Yep. That's exciting. What else? Oh, she wanted to be in a commercial, which she's done. Um, she wanted oh. to go to be premiere what she's done so she's like halfway done her list I think we're gonna have to ha- start a new list soon <laughs> dang she's so she tries so many things uh but then like you said the the message of everything is just like do what do it today like anything like just do it today it's whatever you want to do and not to procrastinate and everything like that I love yeah. like she's already accomplishing so many things the fact that she went I can't even I'm speechless <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, it's it's so amazing though. Like overall, like what she it's accomplished so far for her dreams, and like you said, to learning from her. I'm like also learning from her too. Is to live today, live today, whatever it is. Like the past, the future. Sometimes it doesn't matter right now. Just today is today. Do it today. Cherish yeah. the moment today, and then go on to another one and keep doing it whatever it is you want yeah yeah so we kind of in a way this could have been a takeaway but i just want to ask you anyways (laughs) (laughs) what is your so 
considering within the story, what is the one takeaway that you like to give to the audience? Mm-hmm. So you're right. That could have been the takeaway, but um, I, my, my biggest takeaway in the whole thing and in our story is that you really have to allow space for all the feelings and like allow them like just feel through them, like try not to hide them and try not to, you know, stuff them down, like just really feel the feelings. Um, but I like to give kind of like the analogy of just set up a tent in the really, like in those really hard feelings, like just, just set up a tent. Don't build like a whole town and like a permanent structure, like just a tent, feel it, allow yourself the time, but then it, but then move on quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not living here we're just here for a minute <laughs> also like, like creating like so your analogy your analogy is like create a tent for just one tent and let your feelings sit in that tent for like two minutes however long but not as long and then create another tent or create another one yeah, like, like camp out there for a night like we can yeah. camp out in those feelings and, and feel those feelings and like really be there for like a night in a tent yeah. and then the next morning we pack up our tents and then and then we move on we're not like at a I personally, I know some people, uh, you know, have, have need a little bit longer, you know, to, to work through those, those, and that's okay. I just mean, you know, like, let's not put up like a permanent house with a foundation and stay there and stay there forever. Like there's so much on the other side of it. And so feel the feelings and feel those really hard feelings, be in them. And then, and then once you're ready, then move on to the good stuff on the other side of it. So, yeah. Yeah. There's always you know, sometimes sitting on something for too long would just make you feel stuck. And yeah. So, so yeah. That- and it's it's why we have the list. Cause then when we're like down, when we're down, then we can be like, we can focus on something else and we know what we're focusing on. So yeah. And it's still the, it's still the same path. It's not distracting yourself or anything. You're like, you're still in the same path with yeah. it. And so, yeah. But Thank you so much, Krista, for just sharing your story and just being here, sharing your story and Jordan's story too. It's like, we need to hear this. And then also, I'm still surprised that less than 100 kids have this in the whole entire world. And it's also the fact that you can't prevent this either. (laughs) I still can't. But with all that, what I'm getting your message is live for today. Feel your feelings and live for today. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today and everything. We really appreciate it a lot. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you, everyone, for listening in and just being here. And if you enjoyed our conversation, please review wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every Tuesday on the Courageous Inner Beast. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoy our conversation, you want to know more about Krista Genyon. Please look in the description for more information and for the link. 